This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, what's up? Kevin Jones, founder of Blue Wire. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Do me a favor. Send it to one of your friends. We're growing this network, grassroots style. It takes everyone. You're a part of our team if you send this to one of your friends. All right, enjoy this podcast and appreciate your support. This is Keeping It 300 with Fallon Smith and James Jones, episode 27. Thanks for listening in. What's good, James? What's going down, Fallon? What's happening? Hey, we finally have you on a mic. Hopefully you don't cut out, because now we have the internet issue that we had before see, we got on this podcast. See, see, and you're starting it off bad already. You're not even <laughs> supposed to start it off with jinxing it like that. You're supposed to say, we got a mic, we ready to go, we sound good, podcast taking off. You know uh, what I'm saying? Don't don't think negative. Okay, I'm trying not to, but I'm, I'm a little nervous here, because you and technology don't really mix, but it's okay. Well, it's working right now, so you better come on. <laughs> uh, well, as you guys know, we had to take... Last week off, I was out of town for a funeral, and James has been feeling under the weather, to say oh, lightly. Man. You've been pretty sick. Um, I've been beat up. Yeah, but I appreciate all the listeners and your patience, but we're getting the pot out now. Today is Thursday, May 2nd, and a lot has happened since our last podcast. The NFL draft has come and gone, and since we have a big Raiders and Packers following we will discuss how the Raiders and Packers fared during the 2019 NFL Draft. Also, which team we believe won the draft or which pick we liked from which team, not named Raiders and Packers. Also, the Raiders continue to make headlines. Running back Isaiah Crowell tore his Achilles. He's out for the year. And the Raiders will reportedly re-sign Doug Martin. And there's a possibility for Marshawn Lynch to return as well. But... Before we get to all of that, I'm going to get to a tweet I saw yesterday about my guy, James Jones. I'm so excited from our high school, from Gunderson High School, the Mm. athletics department. Yes. 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 And the tweet was, the Gunderson Athletics Department is excited to announce that we will be naming our field after outstanding Gunderson High School athlete and NFL champion alumni, James Jones, class of 2002. Woo, woo. That's a class <laughs> O2, baby. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> it says, uh, please come and show your support as we honor James Jones and his family before the game on August 30th, 2019. So, first of all, James, <gasps> it almost <sighs> brought a tear to my eye. Our high school yeah. is honoring you, and rightfully so. You totally deserve it. 
This is so big time. I'm sure you are extremely humbled by this honor. Absolutely, man. Even when you just said it right now, man, I'm just like, this is crazy. Yeah. When they when they when they told me, I was just sitting there like, man, you know, obviously when you get an honor like that, you know, when I got called to be in the San Jose State Hall of Fame and then you get a call like this, it's like, dang, you start thinking back to all the stuff that you've been through. Like when I first started playing football, it wasn't to get a field named after me or anything like that. Yeah. It was, you know, to be able to help my mom and get her out the situation. But like I tell people all the time, especially for an athlete, as an athlete, the main thing you want beyond money, beyond fame is respect, especially yeah. from your peers and things like that. Respect is, is everything. And for an honor like this, it just truly, you know, shows that they respect not only what I did on the field, but off the field as well, not only to help the kids, but to help Gunderson as well. So like you said, I'm humbled. I'm honored. I can't wait. I'm actually a little nervous too. And I really don't ever get nervous, but I'm excited <laughs> about it, man. Cause you know, I grew up playing pop Warner there all the way up to, to high school there. And then now, you know, finally, you know, the field being named after me. Shoot. When I was in high school, I painted the scoreboard. Now it's going to say James D Jones field. I'm like, what in the world is going on? But I can't wait. I'm excited about it. I mean, what was the call like? Because you know, you you have to ask, OK, why did you guys want to do this? I know that you hold your camps um, while except for what last year you held your camp at San Jose State. This year, your camp is going to be also at San Jose yeah. State. But for several years, your yeah. free football camp was at Gunderson High School. Um, and they saw you, you know, give back. Obviously, they saw you, you know, make it to the NFL. They saw you win a Super Bowl ring with with the Green Bay Packers. So you are held in high regard you know, from Gunderson High School. But what did they tell you as to why they wanted to name, you know, the field after you? What went into it? They just were basically telling me that, you know, really I did it the right way and how proud they were of me. And it wasn't really just, you know, the stuff and the stats that I had on the field. It was all the stuff that I was doing off the field, you know, you know, doing stuff with the homeless shelter, you know, all the times that, you know, Gunnarsson needed, you know, stuff for the athletic department, you know, especially football. I would sit in cleats. I would, you know, donate money to make sure they were good. And they were just basically saying how appreciative they were and, you know, how excited they were to be able to honor me like this and just, you know, be able to name the field after me, you know, basically saying, you know, how such of a great guy, I was and I'm like, oh, slow down. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm all right, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, you know, I ain't no superstar like that. But you know, they basically were just telling me how proud they were, and you know, they were extremely excited to be able to do this. And you know, me being, you know, the guy I was, and being able to represent Gunderson in the right way, this is the right thing to do. And I just said, man, I was lost for words for a little bit. I kind of was more shocked in the San Jose State Hall of Fame because I mean, this is something that, you know. Gosh, people are going to be able to drive by and it says James D. Jones Field. I mean, my great grandkids, all that type of stuff, yep. you know, will be able to go and see, you know, this is something that, you know, is basically going to last forever. So, you know, it's humbling and I'm excited about it. I can't wait to see what it looks like and, you know, just to be able to. You know, when I do go back to San Jose, be like, man, I'm gonna go run at my field, man. Yeah, seriously, that's <laughs> yeah, amazing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go take, yeah, I'm gonna go take a jog around my track. You know, so <laughs> you know what's so funny, no, James? Too, you know that I um, <clears throat> I texted you a few weeks ago or maybe last month um, that I saw something about it, and I don't know if you were just trying to be like 
modest or what but do you remember me texting you and i'm like what yeah. this is crazy yeah. are you kidding me and you didn't even say anything you had texted me back about yeah. something completely different i'm like did he just like ignore me what the heck so i was yeah. like is this happening not happening no, i mean what what the heck was it not supposed to be out no it was but like i say it's just crazy it's just surreal to me you know what i'm saying like even everybody has been texting me and all that and i'm like dang you know all i can say is thank you i don't really you know know what know what the response is to say because because I'm still over here in shock, like, man, you know, I'm like, dang, I look back as a little kid playing Santa Teresa Bulldogs and, you know, I looking know. back now, That's like, where it all man, started. The, the dang field is about to be named after you. And even when I see pictures of it, I'm like, man, this is, this is really crazy. This is, this is really crazy. So that's why I, I keep changing the subject. I'm just like, man, I don't want to talk about it. Like you said, you're about to have a tear, about to have a tear come down. I mean, shoot, that's me. I'm like, dang, man. Yeah, so. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna save my tears, like I said on Twitter, uh, till August 30th, <laughs> uh, because that's gonna be amazing. And you cried during your Hall of Fame speech at San Jose State. Yeah. Do you think that's gonna be similar, yeah. or the atmosphere is gonna be a little different because it's going to be during um, a high school football game? Yeah, I think it'll be different for me because it'll be during the game and yeah. I won't have to talk as long. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so I'll be able to just, you know, I don't know whether the speech is going to have to be before the game or at halftime. I don't know, but it'll probably just be something short and sweet, you know, thanking everybody and all that type of stuff. Everybody that's been a part of my journey and all that. And, then, you know, get out of there so hopefully i don't tear up i don't want to be tearing up at no football game you know that's a tough guy sport so <laughs> hopefully hopefully i'll be able to make it through we're gonna be all proud of you i cannot wait so for any raiders fans for any san jose state fans any gunderson high school fans it's going down august 30th at gunderson high school what time is the game do you know I, I, you know me. Come on, I'm bad with information. I don't know what. No, I, I actually do know. I think it's a seven o'clock game. I think it's a night game. Is it happening? Before I believe the game? so. I think it's a. That's what I'm saying. I don't know that info yet. I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk before the game or um, after the game when they're going to do it. I hope before though, so they could just play football and ain't got to worry about me talking at halftime or anything like that. And they could just get it out the way so the kids could focus on the game. I wish I actually knew the time. I don't know why I thought I saw something about 6 p.m. I think it's 7 o'clock. Yeah, it might be 6. I just know it's a night game for sure. Okay. And you know what's funny? When we were playing, remember they didn't have lights? I know, And now they have no lights? lights. And now they got lights. They got turf. When we was playing and we had dirt, we had to run uphill if we was cutting back (laughs) and all that type of stuff. So, you know, it's a nice. Why did all the the Gunderson High School facilities get so much better when we left? I mean, the freaking basketball gym. Remember what we played on? What the heck did we play on? We played on like rubber. They don't have no more. Yeah, they don't have no more rubber. They got real hardwood for us. Hey, but that rubber was kind of good for our knees, though. That was good for us. Keep us us, us young. Give you a little bit more bounce to get up there and dunk and stuff. So that was good. Hey, now that you have... um the football field named after you. I'm going to need you to go back to the athletic director and be like, yo, my girl fell. You got to name the basketball court after her. I'm just kidding. Can you name like a locker <laughs> hey. area after me, a, a classroom? Hey. I mean, dang, you're so big time. Hey, even if we just named a basket, even if we named a basketball gym three or something like that, you know, I represent Bubbles, name it three. <laughs> Welcome to the three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now you want, you, you selfish. Know. Now you want a part of that, you greedy. You, hey, greedy. you already have a whole you know, football I gotta field. I got to be in on it too. You already got a football field, bro. Bye. No, uh, I'll share the gym with you, but we got we to gotta share it. <laughs> okay, let's, let's move on from that. We spent like almost 10 minutes on you, which rightfully you deserve. I get it. Um, I appreciate it. 
<laughs> but let's get to the 2019 NFL draft. I know we are a little behind. I already told you guys why uh, we are a little late with this podcast. But the Raiders obviously were the big topic of conversation because they had three first round draft picks. Now, this was a franchise defining draft for Mike Mayock, John Gruden, and of course the future of the Raiders. Because, you know, you get rid of Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, you get all this draft capital. Now, you ask yourself, will it pay off? Will you make the right decisions to get this franchise back on track? Well, James, we really won't know for a year or two or even more, uh, you know, until these guys actually start playing and you develop these guys, uh, et cetera. I don't know if you could really tell after just one year, uh, but you'll have a good sense, I guess, after the first year. But overall... I do like what they did. They addressed several needs, you know, edge rusher, of course, being the top and then secondary help running back slot receiver tight end. I did think that they were going to get a guard, uh, but they didn't. But overall, I like what they did. But guess what, James? They did not draft a quarterback. No, all that talk, all that talk. (laughs) We both thought it was all smoke screen. It was all BS. And of course, it appears that's exactly what it was. Um, And Derek Carr is their guy. And and you had no doubt at all about that, right? Absolutely not. I've been telling everybody since day one that Derek Carr is special. And you better believe Coach Gruden and him see it too, not only in the games, but in practice as well. And then not only that, this is going to be his second year in the system. He knows it very well. He's going to come in. I think he's going to have a big-time year. You brought in – great weapons to go around him. You didn't bring in great weapons to draft a rookie to go around a rookie. Derek Carr is still young. He's still in his prom. I knew they weren't going to draft a quarterback. The only thing that I'm really concerned about is the pick at number four. We'll get to that. Can you wait till I say all the draft picks, please? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I, I want to get it out. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. <laughs> if you actually, you know, like did your prep with me, you would know like the um, order of stuff that we're going to talk uh, about. So now, you're basically, <laughs> now you're basically telling the podcast world that I'm born. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, under the oh, circumstances, good. under the circumstances, my homeboy lost eight pounds. Okay, he's been sick. So, uh, okay, we're gonna get to that in just a bit. I just want to give my two cents real quick uh, to add to the Derek Carr and quarterback situation. Aside from him, you know, and both of us thinking that he's gonna have a big year and that we believe he's a franchise quarterback. One of the big reasons why I knew or thought that there was no way they were gonna draft a quarterback in the first round is because they brought in Antonio Brown and they want to keep Antonio Brown happy and him and DC have already, you know, developed this bond and have already built chemistry. And if they drafted a quarterback in the first round, they would have to trade away, you know, Derek Carr. And of course that would not make a B happy. So I think that also played a role in that. Do you agree or disagree? I disagree. I just feel like, you don't think they don't care about it. Yes. No, they, yeah, I obviously care about him, but at the same time, we all know the most important position on the football field is what? Quarterback, of course. I'm just saying. The they quarterback. Thought, okay. Exactly. And they know it's easier to find a big-time receiver than it is to find a big-time quarterback. It's teams that struggle 10, 15 years trying to draft and develop or get a free yeah, agent yeah, yeah. guy to come in here and find a big-time quarterback. You have one. 
Why let him go and go search for something in the draft that you don't know yeah, yeah, what yeah. it's going to be? We don't we don't know what Kyler Murray's going to be. We yeah. know what DC is, and he's going into the second year of your system. We know he's a big time player. At one point, he was up in the MVP conversation, and he had the Raiders rolling into the playoffs. So. We know what type of guy we have in D.C. And then you brought weapons around him. So I think going into the draft, I think that's how they approached it. This is our guy. We paid him $100 million. We hear what everybody's saying out there. But this is our guy. We know he can spin it. Yeah. And what I was saying is, obviously, those were factors. I 100% agree with you. I just said another factor was the fact that you got to keep Antonio Brown happy your franchise wide receiver that's another thing that I was saying I was just adding to that but anyways let's go through real quick I'm just going to name off uh, who the Raiders drafted <laughs> uh, round one obviously number four pick overall Cleveland Farrell defensive end out of Clemson 24th overall Josh Jacobs running back out of Alabama 27th overall Jonathan Abram safety Mississippi State round two 40th overall they traded back twice. They originally had the 35th pick. They picked up Trayvon Mullen, corner, Clemson. Round four, 106th overall, Mad Max Crosby, defensive end, Eastern Michigan. 129th overall, Isaiah Johnson, corner, Houston. He's a big guy, 6'4", uh, lengthy corner. 137th overall, still round four, Foster Moreau, tight end, LSU. Round five, 149th overall, which I believe is a huge steal for the Raiders. Hunter Renfro, wide receiver out of Clemson. We'll get back to him in a little bit. And then finally, round seven, 230th overall, Quinton Bell, DN from Prairie View A&M. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get back to now what you were saying earlier. Yes, a lot of people thought Number four overall, taking Cleveland Farrell was a reach. Yep. Yes, I was surprised as well. Because um, in my opinion, they could have traded back and still got him in the teens somewhere. But according to reports, James, they had no trade partners. So they stood pat uh, at number four, and apparently that was their guy. Now, we question, right, because Josh Allen and Ed Oliver were still on the board. Oh. Oh. So is that oh a reason why you're upset about the pick? I think it's a reach. I, I, first off, I want to say I'm not upset okay. at all because you don't know what any of these guys are going to be. Nope. We're all just going off of paper. I didn't do my studying in, in on Pharaoh and all that like Putin and Mayock and all them boys did. Mm-hmm. But just going off the names and seeing the guys that were out there and us not really even knowing who Pharaoh was. Yeah. And I, Looking at Allen there, and I'm looking at Big Dog from Houston there. Um, it's like, man, those one of those guys fell in your lap, and I felt like they could have overthunk this thing. You know what I'm saying? Like going in there, basically saying, okay, look. I'm the great evaluator and this and that. And I know a lot of people ain't talking about this kid and don't think this kid is that, but we're going to take him at number four when these other big dogs are there. Because I really do not see how you pass up on 
Oh, my goodness. I don't see how you pass up on Allen with him being so versatile, man, and you're able to move him all over the field yeah. and he can run the way he can run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, I understand everybody said Farrell has a lot of length. You know what I mean? He's long, you know, could get a lot of batted passes, and he could turn into being, you know, something like Khalil Mack. But just seeing them pass on those two guys and to reach up there and take this guy, I kind of felt like when I, when I seen that pick come in and I was watching the draft, I, I thought to myself, oh, Come on, Raiders. Please don't overthink the draft. You know, you got three of them, man. Just go in there and get what you need on your football team. Don't go in there basically saying, eh, I know people ain't talking about this, but I'm that guy that, you know, (laughs) does all this evaluating. And I'm going to pick a great that because I feel like, man, you put you put Allen right there with the Oakland Raiders. I feel like you got a guy that you can move all over the field, man, and, and use his versatility. But then again, it's the draft. We don't know until they hit the field. Exactly. You know, of all people, you don't know what you're getting until you hit the field. It doesn't matter where you're freaking drafted at all. It's no. what you do on the football field. Now, I will say this. Okay, Cleveland Farrell was one of my favorite guys, but in the I would say somewhere between 17 uh, and 30. So maybe with their later picks, they could have picked up uh, two freaking defensive ends, in my opinion. But like I said, here's the thing, though. Now, here's what I was going to say. I thought it was a reach. A lot of people thought it was a reach. But for years, and you kind of touched on this, but let's be honest, for years, Mike Mayock was one of the top talent evaluators in the NFL. If he would have still been in the media and had Cleland Farrell at the top of his mock draft boards and hammered away about what a great player he is, et cetera, et cetera, and how he was going to be a beast in the NFL, yada, 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 the next Khalil Mack, whatever, his stock would have risen, and everybody would have said, man, the Raiders made a great pick at number four. Because it's really a lot has to do with what you do in-house and also – the media perception on the outside and all these other talent evaluators. And, and, and you, and you bring up a good point, but another thing I want to bring up okay. is if Mike Mayock was, if Mike Mayock was still sitting up there for ESPN on that booth, I don't think he's going to have Farrell over Allen. Right? He's still doing the same job and still evaluating these guys. You what, know, there's no he's difference. still evaluating, but I don't think that he would have him up there. So why do you got him up there now? Because you're you're back there behind behind the scenes and all that. I just don't think he would have him over these guys. Oh. It's hard to see. I mean, Allen been balling all season long, man. It's, but he oh, could also be goodness. a bust in the NFL. You never know. It's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. I mean, you know, it's a crapshoot. But the thing about Farrell, I will say this. He's 6'4", 264. He comes from a military family, right? Great background. He learned discipline at a young age because of that. He even went to a military prep school. Uh, He's a great speaker, great leader. I mean, he won the press conference. And as you know, it translates into leadership on the field, the locker room, and in meetings. So I I think they got a good pick. Um, Maybe more a safer pick than a great pick. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they went more conservative and safe. And that's fine. Like I said, we'll know in a year or so. If it was a good pick. I just felt like they could have took Allen at four. And I feel like they probably still would have had an opportunity to get Farrell down there with a second first round pick. And if you could have landed both those guys and then possibly got your running back, I think, man. Yeah, so that would have been big. No, I, I, think, I, I agree with you I, on that. I, I think 
I think that would have been like Raiders fans, like, boom, that's why we let go of what we let go of to get these picks and mm-hmm. look at who we got. Young guys locked down for five years, two big time edge pass rushers. But I hope Farrell turns out to be a monster. Yeah, you know what too. I mean? I hope they hit him. I hope they hit on it. I hope he turns out to be a monster and balls out, man. I mean, shoot, they had three D linemen from Clemson going the first round, so you know they can play. <laughs> they just won the national championship. Yeah. So hopefully. You know, they did a lot of studying on him, and he comes out there and goes to work. Okay, I don't want to spend too much time on these other guys, but I do need to mention, you know, their second pick uh, in the first round was Josh Jacobs, running back Alabama. He was the best running back in the draft, and Raiders believe that they got their feature back, a three-down back. Uh, He's also a great pass catcher. Uh, He can block. And, of course, James, and the reason why I bring uh, this up is because, as we know, yesterday Isaiah Crowell – tore his Achilles or ruptured yeah. his Achilles is now out for the entire season. Yeah. I mean, that's just, oh, that that's awful. I know, and man. it makes you feel a lot better, though, about this pick. Gives you a little insurance, especially if he does pan out to be the featured back. And, you know, another high-character guy. A guy, by the way, who grew up homeless, slept in his car, slept in motels, and this is a guy you can relate to, James. So let's be real. When this pick happened and you knew about his background, you were probably pumped about this dude. I I was pumped up, but it really wasn't even about the background. It was about – I've been watching this dude play for a minute, and I truly, deep down in my heart right now, and I'm going to tell all the Raider Nation fans, I truly feel like we just got beast mode too. I feel like this, I feel like, man, if you watch this kid run, he runs hard just like Marshawn runs. Mm. He runs, like Marshawn said on that interview, run through a face. That's how this kid, He's a violent oh runner. My that's how he runs, and he's able to bring the ability to catch the ball out the backfield. But when I'm talking and see him run oh my goodness in between the tackles outside the tackles he's a violent runner and i feel like this dude right here was built for the silver and black and i loved it when they when they took him i'm like yes that that's the right pick right there because i know coach gruden wants to run behind that o-line and you get a powerful physical runner like my man i i love the pick i think i think we about to see beast mode two up there at the coliseum i really love the pick i obviously as you mentioned he they could have gotten probably at 27, you know, and had two edge rushers um, already in their in their pocket. Uh, but according to reports now, so this is a great signing for so many reasons uh, because, you know, Isaiah Crowell goes down, right? Uh, and now, according to reports, they have re-signed Doug Martin at a low price because he was asking for a little too much this offseason, hence why he wasn't re-signed earlier. And then according to our guy, Steve Weish, um, if the Raiders want him, Marshawn Lynch would return. Now, I'm, yeah. all, I'm all for beast mode returning for a final season. Now, whether it's to get 20 carries a game or five carries a game, I don't care. I just think his presence would be huge. He's a great teammate, uh, no matter what. You know, if it's he, he yeah. has a heavy workload, a light workload, and he <clears throat> can help Josh Jacobs tremendously develop. No, I agree. And I mean... If you really look at the Raiders' backfield and that that room right there, I mean, it's stacked. Mm -hmm. It is stacked with a lot of talent back there. And, I mean, it's really not enough 
not enough balls to go around for a lot of those guys to get to get a lot of the carry, especially with drafting the young guy in the first round. But I would love to see Marshawn come back. And the main reason why is the reason why he came out of retirement is because he wanted to bring a winning squad back to a city. Yeah. Right now, the Oakland Raiders have a lot of great pieces in place to get this thing turned around and and for them. Yes. For them to have a winning season and basically do some damage in the playoffs. And I would love for them to give Marshawn the opportunity to come back and be a part of that. Because like you said, he is a great teammate. He's going to help the young guys. He's going to make sure they own their stuff. You know what I mean? He's been in the league a long time. He's a violent runner, you know, basically same style as a kid. They drafted out of Alabama so he can help him a lot. And then you just give him the opportunity to go out the right way with a winning season in his in his hometown. And I think it'll just be the right way to, to send him off. But we all know it's a crazy business. And, you know, it probably won't happen. But, you know, if it was going to happen, I, I hope it would happen to him. I like what you said, though, because a lot of people say the Raiders are a year or two away from being a playoff contender. And honestly, I'm a true believer of the, you know, worst to first. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> So I think it could happen. But obviously, we have to see what they have uh, and see what they look like during, you know, training camp, uh, preseason, and see what happens this season. But I believe they can win nine, nine to ten games. I know their schedule is tough. Um, but like I said, it could be an ugly season or it could be a great season. You never know <laughs> in this uh, National Football League. They have, they have a lot of talent on their roster, and I and – I want to tell you this: when when Aaron Rodgers first took over as a starter in Green Bay, we went six and ten. Mm. But as we hit that off season, we looking at our team and we like, oh my goodness, we are stacked. Yeah. At every position, like I know everybody, like oh they six and ten. Aaron Rodgers was he was all right his first year. We looking at this team like we are about to go crazy. <laughs> and then that, and then that next season we went thirteen and three. And that's kind of how I feel about the Raiders. Like, you got your quarterback in place, and you have a lot of talent around him. And then you just drafted, and you brought in guys in free agents on that defense to get that defense turned up. I really can see the Raiders really turning this thing around and and be looking at the, at, at the Chargers and the Chiefs in this division like, dang, we in week 14, and it's a three-way race. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Well, okay, so we spent a lot of time on that. We need to continue to move forward, but I want to say one note about one of the draft picks that stood out for me. I thought in round five, when they picked up Hunter Renfro, that 5'10", 184-pound receiver (laughs) who looks like the boy next door, doesn't even look like a dang (laughs) football player, I think that he was the still for the Oakland Raiders. He's going to be a great slot receiver for the Raiders. I know your boy, Ryan Grant. Mm-hmm. I know you want him to be the slot no, receiver not, for the I Raiders. I want him. <laughs> Would you say you want him or he is going to be? He's going to be. Okay, I we'll said, see. No, no, I said, no he's going yeah, okay. to give your boy a run for his money, in my opinion. And it's I hope be... so. Com- competition breeds the best out you. But exactly. Ryan Grant plays, out, he plays outside, too. So, I mean, like I said, they got a lot of weapons around D.C. So... It'll be good. So he's going to obviously give your boy a run for his money during camp. Okay, that's going to be a great thing to see. But this is a dude, Hunter Renfro. I was a huge fan. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the national championship games uh, this past year. And then I think it was, what, 2017. 
He was a baller, okay? He was a walk-on at Clemson, walk-on at freaking Clemson, okay? And during the two title games against Alabama, he had 17 catches, 180 yards, and four touchdowns, okay? Yeah. He, he has great hands. Now, of course, the knock on him is that he's undersized at 5'10", uh, 184. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has short arms. He's quick rather than fast. I'm sure you've heard yeah. that before, James. Yeah. Uh, but you know better than anyone else. None of that matters. If you have great hands, you're a great route runner, you can get separation, and this dude can do all of that. The uh, scouting report on, his, on him is that his hands are like glue, okay? They call him Mr. Clutch. He'll be on your all-hands team when it's all said and done. Mark it right here. Like, De- Derek Carr has been a fan of him for years. I think yeah. this was a great pick in the fifth round. Great value. Well, you know, my coach always used to tell me, you play receiver, right, JJ? What is receiver supposed to do? Catch the damn ball. Catch the damn catch, ball. Catch the ball. That's it. We don't care how fast you can run. We don't care how high you can jump. We don't care how long your arms are, long your legs are. I don't care if you got a 12-inch hand or a 5-inch hand. Do you catch it? Do you catch it when it comes to you? That's all that matters. That's yeah. the name of the game of receiver. And this kid right here, when the ball comes his way, do, he catches it. I mean, he's playing against Alabama, who has a lot of guys on the internet every single year. So it's not like he's playing against some bums. Yeah. He's playing against some great talent. You know, a lot of the times they know that this kid, especially on third down, is going to get the opportunity to make it, and he's still getting open, still getting separation. So, yeah, this is key. And one thing they say, when you play in the slot, beyond all the measurables and all that, you got to be extremely smart. There's a lot of things that go on in there. It's a lot of route adjustments, a lot of blitzes and all that stuff that the defense gives you. And you have to think on the fly and you have to make decisions quick. And I think bringing this guy in the slot, I think that's going to help D.C. having a smart guy in there, being able to get open and read coverages and and read the blitzes and get open and make some plays. I love it. Anytime you can get value. And I'm a receiver. I feel like, you know, you should have 20 receivers on the team, even if you need a couple of us to play defense. Now, obviously, you you two are not similar players, but what I thought about when he did get drafted in the fifth round was about you and how in 2007, you went from getting a last-second invite to the NFL Combine. You weren't even initially invited to the NFL Combine. Yeah. And then you put yourself on a lot of teams' radars because of that. Then you were drafted in the third round, 78th overall by the Green Bay Packers. Then you ended up becoming one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets, and you led the league in touchdowns in 2012. And, oh yeah, you won the Super Bowl. The reason why I'm saying this is because you never know when you're going to find a diamond in the rough. It doesn't matter where you get drafted. Tom Brady got drafted in the freaking sixth round, okay, and now has six Super Bowl rings and is the GOAT. I know you think Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT, but okay. (laughs) Uh, But he's the dang GOAT. Um, I feel that he is going to have a huge impact uh, on the the Raiders and the future of the Raiders, in my opinion. And and like I said, you know better than anybody else. It doesn't matter where you get drafted. Absolutely not. And I tell people all the time, I feel like, even when you look around the National Football League right now, and I'm just going to strictly talk about receivers, when you look around the National Football League, a lot of the best receivers in the National Football League are late rounders. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at Antonio Brown, you look at, the, you, look at, you look at Keenan Allen, you look at Devontae Adams, 
Adams, you look at Juice, Jarvis Landry. I mean, these are all guys who are late-round picks. And I feel like when you're a late-round pick, you have that extra chip, that extra motivation on your shoulder because you feel like they trying me. They think these dudes is better than me. They trying me. Watch when I step on that field to show them. I don't care if I win the fifth. I don't care if I win the second, third. They sleeping on me. They don't believe in my talents. But watch when I step on that field. I'm going to show them what I got. And the Raiders got him one in the fifth round. And like you said, he was a walk-on at Clemson. You know what I mean? So I'm sure the chip is on his shoulder heavy. And he's going to come out there and he's going to ball out. Now, we only have about 10 minutes left, so I want to wrap up the Raiders uh, segment. Um, what I took away from from this draft, uh, a couple things I'll ask you, um, was, well, one, the Raiders took high-character guys, you know, and, and if you watched and were on Twitter, you know, Mayock, when he called each draft pick, he wanted to make sure that they were going to bring leadership. And some of these guys, you know, were captains on their college football team, which I think is very important, uh, and he believes that they are foundational pieces. Two, Mayock and Gruden, they sure liked what they saw from the national championship game this past year because <laughs> they picked three guys from Clemson and one from Alabama. Uh, so guys from winning programs and getting guys who come from winning programs is great because you already have a winning culture, winning mentality coming in here, and that's what you're bringing to the silver and black. Uh, and then the third thing that I took away from this was especially the three players in the first round. They are super ridiculously well-spoken, James. I don't know if you watched the press conference, but these dudes won the room. They won the media over in the press conference. And I know it's all great now. Uh, it's time to get to work, obviously. That has to translate on the football field and into production. But I just remember, and I love Khalil Mack, and I love Amari Cooper, but I just remember when they drafted Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, it was like pulling teeth to get these guys to yeah. talk. Um, they weren't really great in the media. And that's and that's fine because we seen how they turned out. Okay. So I don't care if you got to pull a hundred teeth. <laughs> that's funny. You know, I mean, uh, when you get on this field, when you get on this field, is you gonna ball out? Because you better believe if you don't ball that next press conference, you are gonna get up there. I bet it is gonna be like pulling teeth. I know it doesn't matter, but leadership matters, especially. I mean, but leadership does matter. And you know, Khalil Mack wasn't a guy who really led by his words. He kind of led by example. Amari Cooper, the same thing. I think even Charles Woodson was the same way until he had to lead by his words. Uh, you know, uh, during his latter years, I just think that these guys bring immediate leadership at a young age. You know, going in, coming in as a rookie, and I think that's yeah. really important because Derek Carr can't do all the work. You know what I'm saying? And you need a leader on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, no doubt. But I mean, hey, especially coming in as a as a young rookie, you got to earn it first. You know what I mean? You True. you got to earn you got to earn the respect of your teammates. You can't just come out there rah rah and this and that and this how it's gonna be. And you know I'm the guy. I'm the leader. Listen, you're a rookie. You come out there. You put your pedal to the metal. You grind every day. You earn the respect of your teammates, and then slowly but surely, you know, you start. You can start speaking up, or you can start leading the way you lead. But you got to earn the respect of these veterans and your teammates in that locker room first. Yeah. Uh, and then last thing, you know, I thought the Raiders, they were going to add a guard <laughs> since Coletio uh, Assembly, you know, was traded yeah. away, which, you know, means that they believe highly in Denzel Good and that he can start at one of those guard spots. So right now we have Trent Brown, Denzel Good, Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, Colton Miller as the starting offensive line. Are, are you 
Are you pretty confident in that group right now? I am. I am. I I, I like the O-line. And, you know, when we talk about guards and all that type stuff, um, I really don't necessarily get too worried about that because you can get a lot of help from the tackle and center. Yeah. You know, so it's not like you're on the island and you're at that right tackle or left tackle and you got Von Miller and Khalil Mack and all them boys coming off the edge and you got to really, really be solid out there. So, I mean, I think I think the O-line, I think it's stout. I think they'll be decent. And, you know, I think you could, you know, in the interior, you can you can help out a little bit. But I, I like what they got up there. I think I think they'll be decent. And last thing, you know, I really liked what Mike Mayock did in his first year. I was, I was pretty impressed, to be honest, um, even though some people might call it a little conservative and them reaching on some of the picks. Um, but what did you think about the way that Mike Mayock handled his first draft? I loved it. I loved it. But like I said, besides me feeling like he reached for the for the first pick, because I feel like he probably could have got him down there later, later in the draft. But that's just me talking. I don't know how yeah. everybody else evaluated, you know, Farrell. So um, besides that, me feeling like he reached, I love the other the other picks. I think he got two very good football players in the safety and in the running back to come in and help the help the football team immediately. And then not only that, even beyond the draft, man, I loved what he did in free agency. Yeah. I mean, he brought in Brandon Marshall, he brought in Joyner at the safety, uh, you brought Burfitt in one of my Brown, favorite, Williams. yes, one of my favorite players, perfect right there in the middle, bring some attitude. I, I loved what he did in free agency too. So yeah. I'm excited to see. What what our Raiders got going on this year. Yeah, and I think that Mayock and Gruden really balance each other out. You know, uh, Gruden likes to be aggressive <laughs> and maybe yeah. jumps the gun a little bit and makes impulsive decisions, as we saw a year ago. Meanwhile, Mayock is a little more conservative and doesn't make rash decisions. So I think that they're kind of a perfect marriage. Um, and we're seeing yeah. that really play out right now. So I give, you know, the Raiders, I'm not going to give them a grade, but I just say kudos all the way. I think they did a great job. And obviously we'll see what happens uh, in the next year or so. And if this draft, because I said this was a defining moment for, you know, the franchise, because um, it really was when you give up, you know, your two first rounders. Um, so we'll see what happens in the next year or so and if it all paid off. Absolutely. Um, all right. So next thing, even though we only have like eight more minutes to talk about. Uh, sorry, Green Bay Packers. I kind of gave you the crap end of the stick. <laughs> but uh, for all the Green Bay Packers fans, because I know we have a lot because of you, James Jones. Um, it's mm. the first draft under coach Matt LaFleur. Second year under GM Brian Gutekunst. I can't say his name that well. Hopefully I got it right. Um, but yeah, just say, are... just say G. <laughs> okay, Brian G. Uh, but I think yep. I said it right, Gutekunst. Anyways, whatever. Uh, but people are saying, you know, that they feel a lot better about this draft um, under GM Brian G <laughs> than they mm -hmm. did uh, about last year's draft. Uh, they said they addressed several needs. Um, and obviously they got a Deanna Rashawn Gary, a safety, a Darnell Savage. And then they had Jenkins, the, the guard center for Mississippi State, uh, Jay Sternberger, tight end, Texas A&M. Uh, and then the steal, which I think was a huge steal, Kingsley Kiki, uh, the D tackle from Texas A&M and then Hallman, the corner from Toledo, Dexter Williams, running back from Notre Dame and then Ty Summers, their inside linebacker uh, from TCU. So with that said, as someone who played for the Green Bay Packers for eight seasons, 
you know what's going on. Um, probably even more so, I think, right, with the Green Bay Packers than, than the Raiders. <laughs> Just because you were there for eight years, you're close with Aaron Rodgers, you know what they need, you know what has gone on the last few years. What do you think about this 2019 NFL draft class? I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Every bit of it. And like we always say, we don't know what it's going to turn out to be. But on paper right now, me seeing the picks they took, you got a safety that's going to come down and hit people in the mouth and has range. Yeah. And then you get out a pass rusher to get after the quarterback and in free agency you brought in two more D linemen to get after the quarterback to already go with Big Clark you took in the first round who came on last year to already go with Mike D Mike Daniels who you had that's a baller that you paid 60 70 million dollars to I loved every bit of it and the reason why I say that and you know I got all these Aaron Rodgers stats and all that built in my head because I always argue with people okay, about him and here Tom Brady. But he's had a top 10 defense two times in his career. Mm. One time we went 15-1, and one, lost in the playoffs. One time we won the whole dang thing. Mm, so you got to get that defense around him. So, if you get a defense around Aaron Rodgers and you know Rodgers is going to score points, all we need the defense to do is get takeaways and get sacks and get after We don't necessarily – like when we won the Super Bowl that year, our defense was giving up a million yards. But they were giving up a million <laughs> yards. No, but listen, but they were giving up a million yards because we were putting up a million points. And getting takeaways. What our defense did – Charles Woodson and those guys, it's okay to give up 400 yards, but we had three takeaways. And we got Aaron Rodgers in that offense, the ball back three extra times. And we was 15-1 and and we won the Super Bowl. You know, and that's what I kind of feel with this draft. You're getting a top 10 defense around Aaron Rodgers, and you already know what you're going to get out of 12 in that offense. Put a top 10 defense around him, and the Packers is going to be looking up, and it's going to be Packers. Versus the Oakland Raiders <laughs> in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you were like the most ridiculous person ever. First, you thought they were going to go undefeated. What do you have? What do you have the Green Bay Packers going? Um, I, I got them going thirteen and three this year. But last year, I did have them going sixteen and zero. It was very hard for me this year to, <laughs> to get them in the three. You, <laughs> you are know, so biased. Said, you know, you know, I don't want nothing bad to happen again like last year because I picked them undefeated. So I'm like, let me give them a couple so we mess around and turn this thing around. But I loved every every bit of the draft for the Packers. You realize nobody can take you seriously when you do things like that. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, the Packers are going 16-0. And you work That's you a- work for the NFL Network. Yeah, and you That's okay because they crazy. know. You they know I'm a crazy. Packer. They know I can't pick my Packers to lose. Just like just like uh, Joe Namath going to TV, he picked the Jets. Every time on the TV, the Jets is sorry. <laughs> but he's like, I'm not going against my Jets. I'm taking yeah, my yeah. Jets. So that's kind of how I am. You Dang, know what I know. You, it sucks because you played eight years for the Packers. So obviously your alliance is with them and you only played one year with the Raiders. But dang it, you're from the Bay. Why can't you just pick the Raiders going like 13 and three? As well. Hey, I, I, hey if they had me do if they had me do the Raiders schedule, I probably had them up there too. Like I said, Raiders, <laughs> Packers, Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's too ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But were you not like a little worried about Rashawn Gary uh, picking him twelve 
12th overall and, you know, his injury history, which obviously caused some lack of production in college. But see, that's the good thing about it, because you go out there, you've been playing with this injury for the whole season. You go out, you play this season with it, and then you go get it fixed. And now you, you're 100 percent. And I can't wait until I see him 100 percent. So no. I feel like, OK, if you're going to go get this guy, you feel like he, if he's not going to be down there by the second time you get up there, take him, yeah. you know. Oh, and if he's putting on the production that he's putting on with one arm. You know what I mean? I couldn't imagine if he had two good arms or two good chests or two good pecs, whatever it is he tore. And then once he is 100%, I feel like, you know, he's going to go to work. But I love anytime you can get pass rushers. I love it. And then you get them for five years, not have to worry about any contracts or anything like that. And you put them out there. And like I said, around Aaron Rodgers, all, hopefully all they're going to have to do is pin their ears back and go get them some sacks. The thing that I like about um, Green Bay, they did get a lot of guys with speed, it's including Rashawn Gary. He was kind of a freak of, of an athlete for, for his size. And the funny thing is when you had just said um, how excited you were about this draft. Now, from the outside looking in, I'm looking at it, right, and I'm like, dang, where's the, the weapons to put around Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, that's what I'm thinking, right? So I'm like... Where's another receiver? Okay, you got a tight end, nice pass catcher. Okay, you got a running back in round six, whatever. But, like, I was thinking of putting, like, a round one, number one receiver weapon around Aaron Rodgers, and that's just my ignorance from the outside looking in. I'm not realizing what you said is, nah, bro, get him a top ten defense. Put these defensive guys there because that will help Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers can do work by himself. He just needs – the freaking possessions, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to do those reps, which means stops from the defense. And this is what I want people to understand. You have to let Aaron Rodgers build chemistry with these young fellas. It was only his first year with these young fellas. And these yeah. young fellas are big and they can run and yeah. they can play. Because a lot of people were saying the same thing to Ted Thompson when we were coming out because we were all on our rookie deals. Greg Dennings, Jordy Nelson, mm -hmm. myself, all on our rookie deals. And everybody is like, go get another big time receiver on the other side of Donald Driver. We got Aaron Rodgers. We'll go to the Super Bowl. And Ted's like, nah, I'm finna <laughs> take BJ. I'm finna take, I'm finna take Clay. We're finna go get after this quarterback because I know the guys that I have in my receiver room are going to be special. Mm, you know yeah. what I'm saying? They're, mm. they're young fellas right now, but when they get the chemistry with Aaron and they continue to practice and continue to work, we don't need to go draft no number one or bring in a big-time free agent right now. These kids could play. So I think that's the same thing that they're seeing right now. Like We've seen a lot of good stuff from these young fellas last year. They're big and they can run. You put them on the other side of Devontae. Hopefully we get more out of Jimmy. You drafted another tight end to come in there and help out too. And then we all know Aaron Jones, if he stays healthy and all that good stuff, is a big-time runner in the backfield and can catch it. So I love what they got on offense, but give the young fellas a chance. We don't necessarily need to jump out there and grab a first rounder. Give him a chance like you gave James Jones a chance, Jordy Nelson a chance, Greg Jennings a chance, Randall Cobb a chance, even Devontae Adams a chance. Yeah. Devontae ain't come out Devontae ain't come out there and just hit it off and go crazy. He had he he had a bad year a second year, and now everybody's like might not be a better receiver than him in the league. Give these mm. young fellas a chance and let them go to work with Aaron Rodgers. But build that defense. Top ten defense. 
Packers usually go very, very far. Let's see what happens this year. Should be pretty exciting. Packers Raiders Super Bowl. <laughs> Packers Raiders <laughs> Super Bowl. Okay, uh, let's wrap it up with this. Um, I don't want to really necessarily say who won the draft because there's no way of telling which team won the draft, especially right now. You know what I'm saying? But I do want to discuss real quick maybe a team that you think made some great picks or a great pick, right? Um, I guess you can go first. I'll, I'll go after you. Go ahead. Okay, the team I'm going to go with that I feel like I fell in love with their draft, and I'm really just going off the first round. Yeah. And that is a team that you're probably not even thinking of because they did not draft no sexy picks, Fallon, mm, to the that? eyeball test. Hmm. And that is the Atlanta Falcons. Mm, that's actually really they, good. <laughs> they drafted two first-round offensive linemen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to protect their franchise quarterback, to already go with three big-time wide receivers. Mm -hmm. And then you get your star running back back off of injury to run behind, which I believe is going to be that Dallas Cowboys offensive line when they had all of them guys healthy. And I feel like that's what Atlanta is building, and they are going to run the air out the ball, and they are going to play action pass, and it is going to be hard to stop them. But when I seen that, I said, oh, my goodness, you drafted two more first-round offensive linemen to already go with a very good offensive line with two guys on that offensive line that already are getting paid a lot of money. So I loved what they did because if these guys can stay healthy, they are going to be able to play the game for a long, long time because you got two already under contract forever and then you just drafted two more that are there for guaranteed for five seasons. I love what they did. You know what they say. It starts in the trenches. All the time. Even though it's not sexy. Even though it's not sexy. It starts in the trenches for sure. Um, okay, so my favorite uh, pick and I may be a little biased. I'm not going to lie <laughs> because of the the school that this guy went to. And I can't even say UCLA, my alma mater, because you know that UCLA <laughs> was Mr. Irrelevant. They had one freaking pick from UCLA, and he was Mr. Irrelevant. I, oh, I can't even. Man. Yeah, I mean, how how trash is that? That is definitely not the pick I'm saying, because he was yeah. the last pick of the 2019 NFL draft. My <clears throat> favorite pick, and Raider Nation, you're going to kill me, okay, because this is your rival. Um, I think that the Broncos got a steal. Oh, you going? Oh, you I'm Homer. going with the Broncos. Yes, with Mizzou quarterback Drew Locke. I'm telling you, I think they got a steal here with Mizzou quarterback Drew Locke. Of course, they got him in the second round, 42nd overall. They traded up to get him. I'm not saying that he's going to be the next uh, John Alway, Peyton Manning, or whatever. I'm not saying that at all. He's more like a Matthew Stafford uh, type of player. But they got great value for him. You know, this is a guy who could have easily been taken in the first round. And there was a lot of reports about Drew Locke and certain teams that would have liked to take him in the first round. Obviously, he dropped to the second round. And as we all know, the Broncos have needed a franchise quarterback since Peyton Manning retired, and they haven't found one at all. And for Locke, you know, expectations aren't going to be high for him right now. You know, he gets to come in, sit for a year or so behind Joe Flacco, get better while he's doing that. Um, and he has a big arm, and I think, honestly, he has, he has a bright future. He's in the perfect situation. Um, and so I just really like that, that pick because 
I really do believe that he's going to be a franchise quarterback in a few years from now. We're going to be like, dang, I can't believe they took him in the second round. He might even, now I might be getting a little ahead of myself, it might be a Derek Carr situation. As we know, D.C. was taken in the second round. He ended up uh, beating out Matt Flynn for the starting job in Oakland. This might be maybe even a similar situation. We'll see what happens in training camp, how well he's performing, and if he's ready to take that starting job and, and you know, obviously uh, pressure Joe Flacco for that starting gig. But right now, I don't think there's no pressure. You know what I'm saying? So I really like that, that, uh, that pick just because, as we all know, the Broncos are in dire need of a franchise quarterback, and they have been for years. So that's I like it. I, I, I see you representing the home team. No, but it's not the home team though. I just picked Mizzou because obviously I know the <laughs> uh, dude. But you live, you live around the corner. I you the home I do, team. I do, I do. <laughs> hello, I'm like the Broncos hater. I'm like the number yeah. one Broncos hater. So for me to actually give the Broncos and John Elway some credit, that's huge. Okay, so anyway, um, with that said, this has been a pretty great conversation, if I do say so myself. Uh, Post NFL draft, I know it's a few days late, but we apologize. Uh, James, thanks for finally, finally popping on a mic. You know, I try to do what I could do to help everybody out. And you know what's so funny? I just want to tell people uh, at home. I am actually, uh, we're on Skype right now. James can't see me because he doesn't know how to do this, but I can see him. And James is not even talking into the mic. You've been moving around the whole time, but you still sound pretty good. I'm right in front of the microphone. No, I don't know. No, James, you know I can see you, right? <laughs> I know. If you can't see the microphone, I'm right in front of it talking into the microphone. Oh, we, we need to change the name of this podcast to Fallon Be Hating All the Time. <laughs> I do be hating all the time, uh, but I just need to give you a hard time because you played me like for the last few weeks when it comes to like podcast timing. But anyway, <laughs> all right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Keeping It 300. As you can see, we always keep it 300 and James thinks that's hating, but you know, I'm just keeping it real, y'all. Uh, anyways, I hope you enjoyed the show. Till next time, I'm Fallon. He is James and we out.